0: Welcome on this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented to you by the International Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work that we are doing all over the world. You can follow all the links from our webpage, breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll also learn about our Mission Church Fellowship here in Boise, Idaho, and it's from that fellowship that we share with you God's Word. Today, we continue a consideration of Elijah's confrontation of the idolatry of Israel on Mount Carmel. You'll find the story in 1 Kings chapter 18. We noted in our last broadcast that idolatry begins when you insert your own self between God and His will for you. Your willful rebellion will drive you to create idols on which you can project your attempts to find in other things the life and fulfillment that only God can give you. But you're not alone before those idols. Satan will join you there and seek to render ultimate control over your life. But around that idol now has gathered demonic powers. They've co-opted their idols, projected themselves into that idols, found a place to assert control and influence over their lives. says, I don't want you to have anything to do with it. Behind the idol, pleasure and power here's the lesson is a demon that's the pathway here it is first it starts with my own disobedience my own desire to turn away from God's commands that always projects me into a place where I have to construct my own idols where I rally myself around in my disobedience but in that place Satan comes and engenders his own life in spiritual darkness in order to gain hold of your life you're bound in idolatry how do you recognize by the way that you're an idolater Well, you live in a state of disobedience to the will of God. You're most likely an idolater committed to bowing to the idols of your own pleasure and power. You live in a state of idolatry without knowing that behind those idols of your own pursuit of pleasure and power are very real spirits, evil spirits, reflecting the influence of the dark God of this age. So, do you live in a constant state of disobedience in your life? Then you're likely living under the domain of the evil one. Behind every idle pleasure and power that is pursued, hides the devil or one of his demons. It's no wonder that God hates disobedience. And it's no wonder that God hates and warns us against idolatry because the two go together. You see, the issue that Elijah is confronting at this time is an issue that actually is very practical and real and prominent in our own day and in our own lives. We think we're the people of the New Testament, and so we're kind of past the point of idol-making, that that was somehow an Old Testament problem, but it's a New Testament issue as well. In fact, in 1 John, the very last words of John's epistles were this, little children, keep yourself from idols we're constantly making idols here's the reality there's two realities in this concern that are expressed and the first reality is this man is prone to making idols man is prone to idolatry just as he is prone to self-pleasure and self-seeking and self-power and just as he is devoted to his own independent control his desire to be independent of god cast him down before others gods He'll go on worshiping because he was made to worship. He can't stop worshiping, but if he won't serve and obey and worship God, he'll serve and obey and worship the idols he constructs after his own making. He'll bow before the spirits of this age who adhere to those idols that promise him an access and a a tether point for him realizing his own power and his own pleasure. Can I give you an illustration of this? I, I probably have shared this with you before. Some years ago I was in the Ukraine and I was speaking to a man named Sergei. His wife had asked us to come and speak to this man. He was a large man and we were sitting at a large table and he was on one end of the table and I was on the other end of the table and my translator was between the two of us and we began a conversation with one another and at some point in time, the conversation turned to the kinds of questions that we ask and the first question we ask is, do you believe in God? Sergei, do you believe in God? And Sergei's answer was, nyet, no. I don't believe in God. I only believe, I'm a communist, he said, and I only believe what I can put my hands on. I believe in this table. And he took the table in his hands, it was a large table, and he lifted it and pounded it on the table. And I I sized it up, it took a little bit of effort on him to pound, it didn't look like he was making any effort, he just pounded the table onto the ground. And he said, and I believe in the food that is on that table. I believe in what I can see, and I believe in what I can put my hand in, but I don't believe in God. And then, after that was done, there was a little bit of pause, he began to narrate a story of the rise of his life through communism and how he had followed all of the edicts and all of the rules of communists in order to rise in power. And he rose to the point in which, through this story that lasted about 30 minutes, he rose to be one of the heads of the whole area work, you know, the area of his work, what it was that he did his livelihood, that he was at the very top of that in the Communist Party. And then he said this, I gave myself to communism. I served and obeyed communism. I worshipped communism. And communism has left me. I said, Would you repeat that for me, please, Sergei? He said, I obeyed communism, I served communism, I worshipped communism, and communism left me. I'm waiting for the next response. And his next response is, and I'm not going to worship or believe in your God either because your God will leave me too. Now it's my turn to speak. I'm a little bit excited now. He's kind of given me an entry point here. So uh, I said to him, that's very interesting, Sergei. You know, the Bible teaches us, God's word teaches us that we were made by the God of all the universe, an infinite, eternal God who has no beginning, but made all things, and that he, when he made man, he made man in a, with a particular design. And you know what the design was? It was to obey and serve and worship him alone. That's his design, and the thing is, Listen, Sergei, that's how you've been wired. That's how God has made you. But if you refuse to obey and serve and worship him, you know what happens, Sergei? You will serve and worship and obey something else. You'll construct other things that you'll serve and worship and obey because you cannot stop what you were created to do. You'll continue acting consistent with what you've been designed to do by the God of all creation. And you know what that means, Sergei? It means you'll ultimately find yourself worshiping this table. And I grab the table. Now I'm kind of pumped up. And I'm pounding the table on the ground. And you'll worship the food on this table. And you'll even worship communism. But they're all going to fail you. They're all going to fail you. What do what we said? When you go into idolatry, you'll go into a spiritual famine. They're all going to fail you. You'll never find purpose and meaning for your life until you come before the God who made you and you bow to Him and you determine that you will worship and serve and obey Him alone. But this is the prone nature of men. It is a nature to construct idols. Here's the second reality here that we see, and it's this. God is jealous. God is jealous. God will not remain jealous in the company of other lesser gods that we form in our life. He will not share you with the devils and demons that gather round and enliven your idols. He hates your rebellion because your rebellion and your refusal to obey Him cast you upon these false gods. And therefore, God has commanded that we have no other gods before us. The Ten Commandments, the very first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And by the way, if you obey that first commandment, you actually don't need the other nine. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down to any idols for I am a jealous God. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You shall honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not lie. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. You obey that first commandment. Have no other gods before you. But the Lord your God, and, well, you'll obey all the rest. They're actually superfluous if you follow the one. It's kind of like Jesus saying, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength, you'll find the sufficient key to incorporating your obedience to all the law. Even if you don't necessarily know all of the law, it will flow out of your life. But it's just here that we're restless. Restless. We can't settle down into God because we desire self-control and self-determination and we desire our own independent pursuit of pleasure and our own independent pursuit of power. And Just so you know, God offers us pleasure in Himself. And God offers us a tremendous empowerment in Himself. But they demand that we live in complete surrender and obedience to Him and Our independent desire to be free of God, our sinful desire to do our own thing, drives us to find an answer in those things in wrong places, in the idols that we construct. These gods of the age, Baal and Asherah, in our day and age are the gods that anyone gives you as an answer to your fulfillment. It's the god of health. It's the god of political influence. It's the God of financial independence. It's the God of sexual satisfaction. It's the God of personal validation. It's the God of romantic fulfillment. It's the God of personal acceptance and self-identity and self-affirmation. All the things that in our day and age we're told this is what you need and this is what you need to seek, and this is what you need for, and this is where you need to build your identity around. And they're all they're idols, but they're not alone. The God of this age sends his demonic demons around them to enliven them and empower them and actually for a short while give you satisfaction in them. It's dangerous. We live in an age where God and gods are both dismissed and as a result, oftentimes, we refuse to consider the reality of idols, but I, I actually think that it may be that we're living in the most idolatrous of times where they're being proliferated in and visually being proliferated before us all the time. You, you, you think we don't have idols because you can't find the, the structure, that stone thing that people bow down to, but then you sit down in your home and everybody gathers around the screen of their phone, sifting through it constantly, and then posting a picture of themselves for everybody to see to show that they're actually, they're actually being actualized in the same thing that everybody else is pursuing and you don't think that's idolatry at some point in time? That you're not, My sister calls it curating an image, building some image all around us, flashing constantly image after image after image, more than any other generation has ever known. What if they're all idols? Things that we're gathering around and believing, somehow out of them we extract our fulfillment and the enemy who works visually comes along and gives you some level of fulfillment in it, prompt somebody to push a like button to something you've said or whatever it is and feed you along as you move away an inch away from seeking all of your life and every bit of pleasure that might be available to you in your utter abandonment and surrender and obedience to God. And every ounce of any kind of power that might be known to you might come as you humbly and completely yield yourself completely before the God of all creation as his servant. Augustine says the modern knowledge is too rational to deal with the imaginations of the heart, but the image-making and idol-making of the heart goes on unchanged. As a result, modern man continues to construct idols every day, and I think at a more rapid pace than ever before, but they are no longer able to willingly or critically address them. Well, thank you for listening to the ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.